Boom. What up, Humble Beasts? We're back again. I've risen from the dead. Yeah, Blake is back in the presence, risen from the dead. I was seriously, like, whenever you hit me up to the record that that one morning, I was still, like, kind of alive. Like, I woke up with a fever. I was like, okay, I'm going to go to the doctor. And so, I like, I had the presence of mind to go to the doctor. But, and then I texted you, like, hey, I'm sick, whatever. And... But then whenever I got home, I've never slept for that amount of time before. <laughs> I got home from the doctor at probably like uh, like 11 a.m. I slept until 7 a.m. the next day. And wow. people were concerned. Yeah. That's which a, they had reason to be. That's like a coma sleep. Yeah. Yeah. It was crazy. But yeah, I'm alive again. Like a phoenix. Yeah. You've uh, risen from the ashes. Yeah. That's how, that's how my life cycle goes. <laughs> the doctors have no idea how it's like... like there's, there's, I'm on my like my 17th cycle right now, and those 1600s witch doctors were like, <laughs> I, I I've read about this in books, but <laughs> I've heard I've only seen this foretold in prophecies. Yeah, exactly. Speaking of doctors, people are a little a little concerned nowadays about <laughs> about things things happening in uh in the world at large, and I I'm not saying I'm concerned, just because like I'm always down for a little end of the world stuff. I've always pictured my life post post uh, apocalypse. So, <laughs> but um, yeah, my family's a little concerned. I think we're gonna ditch the cruise idea for this summer and uh, and just stay stay stateside. Yeah, smart play. Yeah, I think it's a smart play too. I mean, we have like the number U.S. has the number one uh, outbreak prevention like infrastructure in the world, and I don't see really see a point whenever there's a potential pandemic to go on a petri dish floating across the across the oh, yeah. ocean to <laughs> several places that have below 50th percentile of outbreak uh, prevention. So you're literally asking for it. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're literally asking for it. Plus there's already been a cruise. That's that was literally a coronavirus Petri dish. That's what I've got a friend right now. That's in Italy. Yeah. That doesn't, that's, that doesn't seem like the move. Yeah. I think they're, they're bouncing early. Cause they were just, they've been in Italy like this whole week yeah, and I've been dude, like watching the news and I like, haven't put it in perspective and now I'm like, Oh wait, like I'm seeing all this stuff about like Italy going nuts. And like, I know somebody there. Yeah. Um, I know one girl that's in Peru and they, they're pretty much fine. They've got the Amazon separating them from Brazil and Brazil's yeah. the only place with coronavirus in South America right now. But I know another girl that's going to Argentina, and that's on that that coast of uh, of South America. So I've said that's getting that's getting axed. Yeah, exactly. If they're about to cancel the Olympics, yeah, then you're uh, not going to I Argentina. Know, that doesn't like. I of course I don't want them to cancel the Olympics, and I've, I like there's a pretty high chance it's being over. Like this whole thing's being overblown. Yeah, and canceling the Olympics is a big deal. It hasn't happened since World War Two. Yeah. So, uh, but did I mean, even, also, it, you're in Japan. You're you're pretty close to the thick of it. Did it even happen in World War Two? Yeah, ni- I think 1940 got canceled. Like the first round, either, either 40 or 44 got canceled. I'm not sure. Because I mean, that's like the whole. Actually, I don't even know if the math lined up like that. I think 42 might have been canceled. Because I know they had it. They had one of the years in Berlin, in like. Well, that was like if it that was either 36 or 38, depending okay. on how it lined up. Um, because that one was whenever 
Hitler was like kind of a bad guy, but not like Hitler, Hitler. Yeah. Uh, and like they had him up speaking and stuff. That's the very first, um, that's the very first signal that we ever put out as a, as a species that was like robust enough to, to leave our, our solar system. So yeah, if any aliens ever hear us, the first thing they're ever going to hear is Hitler. Yeah. Which sucks. His Olympic speech. Who was the guy? I'm about to look it up, but if you know before I find it, who was the guy from the United States that just went in the like? I think he was a track star that just went in there and waxed. That's the guy that uh, the movie Unbreakable's about. He's Italian American, um, and then after he ran in the Olympics, he went out and was in the Air Force, and his plane went down in the middle of the Pacific, and then he got picked up by the Japanese. And he he didn't have a good time over there. Jesse Owens. Oh, Je- well, they, no, never mind. That's the black guy. Yeah, yeah he's a that's, robot. That's who I was thinking of. It's Jesse Owens. He was the Kawhi. Uh, he was the Kawhi prototype. Um, <laughs> there's a Bill Burr joke. Have you heard it about Jesse Owens no. during the Olympic Games? This is one of his worst jokes as far as like being like bad, but like God, it's so funny. He's talking about how. Hitler was just, like, so mad when Jesse Owens came and beat, like, their perfect species. Oh, yeah. And um, Bill Burr was like, and we kind of just pulled over there with Jesse Owens, and we were like, yeah, uh, we accidentally kind of already did that. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, you breed the strongest ones with the strongest ones for so long. He's like, we kind of accidentally already built the perfect species. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Oh, my God. That's hilarious. I mean, a lot of uh, a lot of great things come out of terrible aspects of history. I mean, oh. uh, Mercedes Benz built the tanks, yeah, and they uh, and Hugo Boss fitted those boys up over there in Nazi <laughs> Germany, and, uh, and some baller ass. He, he died. A, he died a happy man. <laughs> he died a very rich man. Wow. He, they got they had the fits over there. I can't. Yeah. I, some I can't luxury doubt tanks. It. Yeah, and they had some nice tanks. It's a Maybach tank. Yeah, I don't know if uh, I don't know if this Mercedes Benz technology was already going, but I mean those those boys were riding smooth and comfortable <laughs> if they were on that Merck suspension. I don't even know if you can purchase a vehicle that that has the Hugo Boss Mercedes combination. Also, what I'm naming both of my kids. What Hugo Hugo and Mercedes? Yeah, that's Hugh, hilarious. Hugo Boss Hendrix and um, Mercedes. Mercedes Hendrix. Mercedes Asia. <laughs> yeah, you might be the first uh, white man in in um and Donovan. twenty in twenty years or in sixty plus years to name his kid Mercedes. And Donovan. <laughs> <laughs> Think about being like my son. And having to go through your entire life with the name Donovan. I mean, I'm literally, I've got like three of the widest names in a row stacked together. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I don't know. I guess, yeah. I guess Miles is a little bit, is a little bit. There are a few other races where that can pass. But Brady, nope. Yeah. That's a Caucasian ass name. Yeah. Uh. Well, I I got Blake Griffin, I guess. He's yeah. almost black. But I feel like I was thinking about that too that um Blake doesn't translate to like 
Like I can't think of like a Mexican guy being named Blake. Oh yeah, I hadn't <laughs> thought about that. Or like an I could, okay, I actually take that back. The uh, Asians are totally off limits because they really just dunk. Yeah, they could easily just be named Blake. Yeah, then are they they pick and choose, especially if they're like first generation, um, to America. Yeah, because then they really just pick like an like the first American name that they see, and they're like, yep. Yeah, I mean, you they they pick uh, ones that are <laughs> like a lot of those ones that came over in like the seventies from like Korea and stuff. They picked they picked names of like that the, there was no people actually named that. It was just <laughs> like people on the Brady Bunch. Yeah, that that they were like, oh yeah, he's the only Asian guy I know named Bobby <laughs> Sue. Yeah, Sue uh, Lawrence. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, just, or like, John, and then you're like, dude, your name's not John. Yeah. And then, yeah, it's, it's, and then they keep this normal middle name, or I mean, the, the, like, the yeah. cultural middle name, John Fuishuwak. It's very, Lee. the, the middle and last name, because that's how you, I mean, if your name is J-O-N, and then your last name is, like, this long. Yeah. Like, stop capping. I had to educate some people the other day about, um, about, uh, I forgot how it even came about. I think somebody was like, is there, is there, cause you know that there's in certain neighborhoods, especially in like Southern California and stuff, there's a lot of beef between like, like Mexicans and black people. Yeah. But the, somebody was like, is, has like Asians ever like cap or like ever, uh, like had beef with like another race. And I was like. Oh, let me teach you about early 90s Los Angeles real quick. That was crazy. That is crazy. It was insane. Like, I I watched this Nat Geo documentary about the riots, and, like, there were, it was mostly about that because that's the people that were, like, battling. It was, like, it was, like, the rioters versus the police. Yeah. And the riots were causing a lot of looting between the already feuding South, South uh, Los Angeles Koreans and then the black people in those neighborhoods. Yeah. And it started a full on like civil war. Yeah. And I love finding me some of those pictures of like, of like the Koreans up on top of the roofs <laughs> fitted out. Like they're wearing what they wore to work that day with like polos tucked into belts. And then just like a Glock. Just wow. like peeking around and stuff. The glicky. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and the the Koreans are a uh, are a uh, prideful people. And, oh, for sure. And they're like, you could talk to a lot of uh, a lot of guys. A that that fought against fought with the Koreans in the Korean War, and then a lot of Koreans helped South Koreans helped us out in um, in Vietnam. Mm-hmm. And all those guys will say like, "Oh no, the the Koreans they don't they don't mess around. They they will fight until somebody literally rips their heart out of their chest." That's why those Kias are built for tough. Oh yeah, <laughs> nothing's built for tough like like an like, Asian car. <laughs> Absolutely, there's nothing on the planet more built for tough than an Asian automobile. Yeah, uh, the, honestly the. The uh, American cars kind of fall in, like, a weird range where you can't really categorize them because, like, I've owned two European cars this far that are, like, luxury vehicles, which they do luxury vehicles nice, 
but I've also worked on both of those cars and just overly complicated. It's almost like they put stuff in there that, um, well, A, of course, doesn't need to be there, <laughs> and B, is there just to confuse you on your way in. Like, changing the oil on my Audi A4 was about the most complicated thing I've ever done. Every every car like that, I feel like it's complicated to, like, change the oil. It's complicated to, um, like, the battery's always in a weird spot. Oh, the battery is strange. Like, it, like the, I'm pretty sure the, no, it was on my, my ex's Mercedes. I tried to jump it one time, and I had to Google it because, like, the port, the positive port for it wasn't even on the battery. It was, like, something that was hooked like the battery was all the way hooked in but then you couldn't get a like a jumper cable around so the thing like you had the... to like follow this this like brass wire all the way over to the other side and connect it i was like what is going on in front of me yeah so uh, european cars are complicated i'll say this american cars are rather simple to work on and then asian cars you don't even need to work on yeah and i feel like they're simple to work on like they're complicated until you get it, but I've all I've like never heard of somebody like I've heard of way more people being able to make that transition more than transition into like European cars. Yeah. Like I know way more all purpose dealers. Well I know that my next service people. My next car is gonna be a uh is gonna be a, a truck and I'm gonna wait until I have the money to get like everything I want. Like I'm not gonna settle at all. Yeah. And uh my rule that I'm having in my head is I'm just gonna run my current my Nissan into the ground and then buy that car. But the problem is I don't think my Nissan's ever gonna hit the ground. <laughs> I don't think anybody's brought the two thousand fourteen Nissan Altima up to two hundred fifty thousand miles to to see what happens whenever that happens. Because <laughs> I don't know what's gonna happen. That thing is invincible. I've had zero problems with it. That's how I got that trusty five, three steed. And that thing is just, uh, sometimes whenever you start it, it doesn't give you, it doesn't give you that confidence that, oh, the, yeah. that the Japanese vehicles give you where you literally just like, and it's just like starts like bam. And then you're immediately going. This mine has gotten to a point where once you start her up, you got to let her, breathe a little bit yeah before she, you got her stretch before she could start moving yeah you gotta you gotta let her uh let her hit that inversion table real quick and grab a coffee before you can really get her moving you get that nice um old you get that nice small block chevy like burning gas smell yeah that's just like i feel like it's american yeah anybody that's ever that's ever driven i mean that's a range of vehicles for like so many years. I mean, you go even the 350 to the 5.3, which is what I have, um, all have that signature just gas smell whenever they get nice and aged. Yeah. And you got to start them up and it's cold. Just mm-hmm. breathe that in. It's, literally, it's like coffee in the morning. <laughs> yeah, that 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 thing will still run the uh, will still run the leaded gasoline from the from the early 1900s. Oh yeah, I can damn near pee in the tank and run it. Yeah, the the, the one that's that still shocks me is uh, is uh, Stewie's Volkswagen van. Oh yeah, it's it's like I could tell he's tired of having it, but he still loves it. Like yeah, it, he he lives about five miles away from campus, and uh, five miles on a on a uh, 
I, I think the max speed limit on that road is like 60 miles an hour. It takes, and, yeah, 65. But that thing goes zero to 60 in five and a half minutes. <laughs> so, so it's rough. And, and he's got to like, he's got to start it, start it like 10 minutes before he drives it every single time. If the, if the temperature's below 60 degrees outside, <laughs> but I've, I've watched him work on it. I've helped him with a couple things and you can go get like a starter toolkit for like 20 bucks at Walmart and be able to do whatever you need to do to that car. It is a beautiful thing though. Yeah, exactly. Like if he if you can just endure this span of time until he can get a job and just buy some like Beater Civic to drive day to day, yeah. like this is just such a grail vehicle. Yeah, um, exactly. You got to you got to hold on to one of those if it's running, especially with the paint job he's got on it and everything. To visualize um we've got a buddy that has a yellow probably like it's early 70s uh vw bus with the camper shell and it's yellow and he just got this thing like totally redone yeah and it is just crisp oh it's nice it's very nice it's the probably the most crisp vw van i've seen ever yeah like in person because i don't like when they do like gaudy stuff with them really like take away like what it is Mm. and this is really just like a pure restoration and well, the and camper shell is so dope the the paint job he has on it is like just colorful enough to where it still like has its essence because like a lot of people will get one of those and put it like miami blue on it yeah and it's just like over the, the little bit over the top to where you can like picture that vehicle in the early 70s it's like a nice dull yellow yeah it's not like that um like nissan yellow mm-hmm. you know what i'm talking about absolutely but it's that nice, it's got a nice dull yellowish. It's just, it literally looks like he bought it. Like it looks like he just bought it recently. Mm -hmm. Like that's what it, it just is a period piece. Yeah. I don't, uh, I don't know. I'm going to need to absolutely fall in love with the car or have it a full on resto mod. If I'm going to get it like a super old car, just because like, I, I, I just want it reliable and I don't want like, the the like tiny knocking problems and stuff like that of like yeah. an old engine like I'll just I'll t- I don't care about the heritage of it or anything just take the engine out and throw in like a throw in like an American 2019 V8 I don't care I think the big thing that I'm gonna hopefully have enough money whenever Mulder to get into is I mean I'll definitely have enough to at least have one is a resto mod EV. Oh yeah, electric vehicle resto mod. That'd just be so gnarly. Get like an old British sports car, yeah, and put electric motors in Ooh, it. Like an old Jaguar, yeah, like one of those OG Jaguars. Yeah, just any. I think it'd be dope to just take one of those cars. That's like such a cool concept that just doesn't work at all. Yeah, and then just EV swap it so it does work. Yeah, even like there, even like a Plymouth Prowler. Oh yeah. Because that was really the shortcoming of that was one, the interior, which I feel like if I was going to go through this, I would gut the interior so it didn't look like I drove a minivan on the inside. And oh, yeah, really, definitely. I mean, yeah, that's that's the thing. Like a lot of people want to hold on to like uh, I did, But the people that do that, like grew up with it and I didn't grow up with it. I just want it cool. Yeah, I think it's a. Uh, I think it's definitely the thing with the Plymouth Prowler, though. I mean, I think that I would need to have a little bit of rumble if I'm going to do something like that. Like, I wouldn't EV swap like a like a Mustang or something. No, like a '68. The thing with the the Prowler is that it's like 
such an odd shape. Yeah. And it's so light that I yeah, think... Yeah, it's not it, even quite a muscle car. No, I think if you EV swap that thing, it would literally fly. Oh, yeah. Because it's so wide and it's so... It's like, it's like a Hot Wheel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and if you slapped a few tesla motors in that baby that thing would fly oh well i mean yeah it would honestly be the easiest swap ever if you could like just if you don't care about any sort of the working components of the original plymouth and you just chopped out the the cab and then put that thing it's like as teslas are just shells sitting on a skateboard all of them are yeah so if you could just take the shell off of the skateboard and then put a new shell on the skateboard, you have a full-on new electric vehicle. Yeah. Not my, not my, many of the components go up into the actual cab of a, of a Tesla. And that's what's so crazy is that now there are so many car companies that before wouldn't have ever been able to make anything into production. And it's yeah. like these people that are like more like design-heavy and less like engineers. Mm-hmm. And then now it's just like, you can literally make the top shell of like these platforms and make it look as crazy as possible and then just whoosh, and just slap it on the electric things and then that's all your like car components. What are your thoughts on the Tesla truck? I love it. I do too. I would whip that thing so hard. Yeah. It'd just be like I mean just I like can't imagine seeing one in person. I know. I I, I was just thinking that. I would just like literally It's like two like uh, at this stage, it is a concept, like, but it's barely a concept. It looks like, like a movie car, and you don't, and you don't. Tesla doesn't run like a normal car company to where no. you would have like, okay, here's here's ten concepts that we're gonna show you over ten years, and one of them might be an inspiration for a car that might actually happen. They wherever they have a concept, they're like. Okay, yeah, we're going to see if we can uh roll the dice and if we get if we get happen to get enough money that we're going to we're going to dig this money out of like a coal mine somewhere, some buried treasure and then if that happens then we're going to we're going to release this car to the public. Yeah. All you got to do right now is give us $200. Dude, the I would literally That's one unless they come out with something crazier and whenever I've got that kind of financial gain it's not even that much bread they start at 35 thou that is so nuts as of right now what they're saying which i mean tesla always comes through they just come through two years late yeah that's just how they work they're a very strange company and they're led by an absolute madman yeah which is why yeah i mean you gotta think like (laughs) when does this dude time find time to like appropriate his like thoughts to one of these like entities that he controls well yeah he he but he he's special in that like like your average person that becomes like a mogul or something has one idea that pops in their head and then they they i mean this is the a perfect person it's a, the definition of an industrious person but it's you have that idea and you put everything you have toward it and you make it become a reality but He's said in the past, and I've listened to people that have worked for him and stuff, and they say this is absolutely true. His problem is stopping the flow yeah. of thoughts. It's like he constantly has like a little notebook of like, okay, here's what I, oh, this would be cool if I do. Here's how, how I think I could do it, but I can't do that right now. 
I have too many things going on. I'm trying to go to Mars. I'm reinventing the electrical vehicle game. I'm reinventing the public transportation game. I'm drilling holes. Like, he's absolutely insane. Yeah. I don't understand it. Just totally on a different level. Yeah. And, I mean, he it, it makes it easier because I was listening to this one guy that was a um, – he was an astronaut and then he worked for Tesla for a while as like a consultant. And like the only way that he's able to do that, Elon Musk is able to do this obviously is because he has a ton of money, but he like would be meeting with like the flight people in, uh, in Washington and like literally ha- they would have him, he would have them meet them at like a hangar yeah, to where he would, touch down with this jet meet strategize do all that it needs to do for an hour and then pop back on that jet and head back down to california so he could talk tesla or boring company or spacex or whatever's going on yeah which is just hell of a life but you gotta you're gonna snap one of these days elon <laughs> you gotta just be that person and uh and then you, you trace it all back and he started paypal yeah that's crazy i was th- what really like makes me so mad and this literally sounds like bullshit just because how like substantial of a situation it was i have been an elon musk head since he dropped the very very first tesla roadster like Mm -hmm. i thought that was like the coolest thing ever whenever i was younger and i looked into elon musk and i was like damn dude this dude went paypal and made like all this money and then went car company and that was definitely like ambition right there i was like wow i could if i did something with like finance and Mm -hmm. just made paper then i could do something like this yeah but then i literally remember looking at my phone at the tesla stock sitting at a 30 piece yeah because it was like i mean it had to be like i don't even know i don't even want to say a date because then i'll if i fact check myself i'll be like wow i was way off but i i just remember it was like top gear episodes probably i'm probably mixing these dates up too but i remember seeing like the top gear episode about the tesla roadster and just it was in like a need for speed that thing is just so crazy i was like all electric at the time especially with like the lotus body Mm -hmm. i was like that's a crazy concept and then the s came out and i was like yo this is about to be major yeah and then they they just kept on pushing then you got p100d and everybody was like damn that shouldn't be your average person shouldn't be able to drive that. And then we got the Roadster coming out in the next couple next couple months. And that thing is a hypercar. There's only one vehicle standing in the way of me probably ever owning a Tesla. And it's only because there's no way in hell I would ever buy a Tesla over this. What? That is the BMW i8. <laughs> I don't know. That's that's some more. That's more paper, though. No, you are wrong, dude. You can buy like right now. You can buy like BMW i8s with like twenty thousand miles for like thirty eight grand. Really? <laughs> yes. And then you can literally, and then you count off that you get your tax rebate because it's a zero emissions vehicle. So that's like probably like another. Depending on the state you live in, that's potentially like another like five to seven grand. Yeah. So then you're talking about. You got the BMW i8 on the low, low, like 33 grand. People are out here, first thing they put a finance payment on is like a truck. About to toss down the i8 just right off the bat. Ooh, that's nice. Here's the thing that I've been thinking about too. It's so crazy looking, like the i8, and it's like such like a sports car. 
But like whenever you break it down, I feel like that thing would run, that thing's going to run for like 300,000 miles. It's a three-cylinder hybrid. Like when you really strip it down to the core, it's a three-cylinder hybrid. Is it an inline three-cylinder? Yeah. Straight three turbo hybrid. Huh. So that's like an economy car. Yeah. But the hybrid's what takes it to being like a sports car. And the fact that it's so light and aerodynamic. So you're talking, you're getting like, just in regular hybrid mode, you're getting like 30, 40 miles per gallon on the highway. And that thing's probably going to last like 250,000 miles. And you really didn't even blow that much of a bag on it. And you have motherfucking butterfly doors. For 38G. 30, not even. 38G pre-rebate. 38G pre-rebate, and you are literally, like, young, pulling up to a function. I'm, because people got 30 grand on the, on the F-150 with the leather, but I'm saying I'm probably going to drop that, drop that slight check on the. BMW got me rubbing my hands together, saying that I might be up to no good. And we're talking, if you're, if you plan it out smart, smart. You could potentially do your commute with no gas. Because yeah. it does get twenty two miles straight electric. Oh yeah, absolutely then. So if you weren't that far away from your place, but even if it is, it's a hybrid. It's not a pure yeah. EV. So it just go into hybrid mode. That thing is absolutely insane. Like literally it's like a it's like that it's literally just a cheat code. It's just a cheat code all around. BMW dropped a cheat code. Big plans for the future. Yeah, 